Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready, get ready, we're turning it up. What is going on, my fellow champs? How are we doing tonight? It is another episode of the Pigskin Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. It's your hosts, Justin and Derek. You can find us both on social media at pigskin underscore d and pigskin underscore jgonzo. Derek, how are we doing tonight, man? <clears throat> uh, a little under the weather, but uh, not going to let it hold me back, man. We got a Bro, pretty exciting episode on, right? tonight, so what's up? So the show must go on, right? Yeah, must go on, man. Got to do it for all the people out there who are counting, counting on us to provide them some good information, man. Absolutely, man. We are, I can smell it, man. Season's right here. Oh, it's it's amazing. I can't wait for, for week one. We got a lot of exciting stuff about to happen. We got a lot of things that have been going on though lately too. Football man. is back, man. These... Football is absolutely back. I am so excited. It's a, it's a blessing. Some we, some we pray for after Super Bowl comes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you get a little taste with the draft, and I mean, a little, a little tease with training camp and some of the preseason games, but nothing it can beat actual NFL football. So, absolutely. Wheels up, man. Looking go. I am ready. Let's go. Let's do it. You ready to talk about some news and notes real quick, though? Let's go. Hey, what happened? A lot's happened, man. A lot has happened this week. Um, it seems like these shows are a little, you know, we do news and notes on, on Thursday's shows, and man, there's a lot to talk about. So I try to condense it into the most important stuff for us. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins placed on season-ending IR. Torn ACL, possible with, uh, you know, LCL damage, which could complicate the return. But uh, Gus Edwards expected to be the lead back. And how are we feeling about this Ravens backfield, Justin? Quick thoughts. Dude, uh, man, this is this is rough, man. I hate to see it. J.K. Dobbins, second year running back. Uh, he was going to be very promising. Some people were kind of down on him a little bit um, just because of the whole Not on I the fantasy the side. Huh? Not I said the fly. I love J.K. No, Dobbins. No, but, you know, I, I do too, but he's like – he, you know, he was behind the Cam Hakers hopeful and the Clyde and the yeah. Gibson. You know, he was he was down the pecking order when it came to the second year guys. And I mean, I think he was gonna be good this year. Oh, it's tough to see now. Come to Gus Edwards, I, I like it, man. I'm I'm taking him solid RB two. He kind of to me has that Henderson vibe. I was about to ask. Like, I was gonna ask you, um, would you rather have Gus Edwards or Darrell Henderson? In the um, let's say third or fourth round, I'm not sure exactly sure where the ADP is, but that feels about right. Dude, I don't know, man. That that one's a tough one. I think it's a coin flip for me. I might want to go with Gus Edwards uh, instead of Daryl in that situation. But I mean, I think both both of them have to me the same opportunities. Like when it comes to 
fantasy production. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their seasons, I think to me, are going to be very, very similar. Uh, I don't think that they're going to utilize Daryl Henderson, especially with that Sony Michelle edition. I think that this might actually help Gus Edwards be above Daryl Henderson. So I do like Gus. Uh, I think this just helps out uh, Lamar stock a little bit because I feel like he's going to have to do a little bit more than he was doing before. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, man. I think this really helps. Um, this really helps Mark Andrews, the tight end. I think, um, you know, J.K. Dobbins is a solid pass catching running back. They just weren't, weren't utilizing him in that role last season. So now with Gus Edwards being the lead back, and J.K. not being there, Gus Edwards is not a pass-catching running back. So I think any of those targets people were expecting to go to J.K. Dobbins this year, he's just going to feed the tight end a little bit more. And with yeah. Rashad Bateman went on IR their... today. I don't know if you saw huh? that. Uh, Rashad Bateman went on um, short-term IR today, three weeks. Yep. So to start the season, I think Mark Andrews could be really good for fantasy. Oh, absolutely. All right. Um, Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton lands on the short-term IR following neck surgery. I'm not expecting to see T.Y. Hilton for a while. So, yeah, it's definitely I mean, he helps. Was, he was pretty much done when it really came to fantasy. I don't think people are really targeting him much. No. Um, I think the the young and upcoming wide receivers that they had on the, on the team were going to overtake T.Y. Hilton's production. Uh, if anything, he was going to cut into some of their production just by being on the field mm-hmm. uh but now with him being there i'm kind of excited about some of those uh paris campbell some of those, let's go yeah paris campbell uh michael pittman yeah. i'm kind of excited uh let's see let's see what happens man uh, he's gotta keep carson he's gotta keep carson Wentz off the covid and, list man yeah the second time he's been on off this the ir list every single any IR list, list any list he needs to be off of any medical list in the nfl get this man some milk this man needs some milk <laughs> <laughs> Milk and a COVID shot. Anyway, um, Vikings tight end Irv Smith undergoes season-ending meniscus surgery. In a corresponding move, the Vikings acquired Jets tight end Chris Herndon via trade. How are we feeling? I mean, Irv Smith, I think, was a guy that you talked about earlier this offseason as a possible breakout candidate. I mean, I think... Yeah, to me, it seems like it's, too, gonna, it's just going to go back to what it was last year. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and that's it. This this makes me like Adam Thielen a lot more. Yeah. Um, I think that I was I was a little bit higher on Justin Jefferson than you were, Derek. But I think oh, that. Oh, for sure. I called him um, a bust. <laughs> yeah. But I think I, I this makes me like the Adam Thielen that touchdown threat is no longer there. Like, Irv Smith was a red zone threat mm-hmm. uh, to take some of those production touchdowns. That's what Adam Thielen survived on last year was just the touchdowns. Yeah. And so I think now with that being gone, I'm not Chris Herndon. I, I don't got faith. I mean, maybe he actually is a decent player and getting away from the Adam Gase uh, era or aroma, right? You know, once that clears up, Maybe, I mean, he had his opportunity something. in training camp. I mean, I am completely off of Chris Herndon. No, I am too. This is why I'm saying it makes me like. But I don't even know if the if you can really use the Adam Gase thing because he was playing with the third team offense in training camp this year. So they didn't have they don't have Adam Gase in in New York right now. 
and he couldn't crack yeah, the starting lineup. Sometimes that stench takes around, but it takes a couple showers uh, to get that off. He needs a few extra showers. <laughs> Got to wash behind hey, the ears, you know, man. Certain places you go in Miami, you still kind of smell that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gross. All right, Bears running back Tariq Cohen lands on the pup. Will miss the first six weeks. Not really shocking. You know, reports have been all off season, kind of negative. As far as his recovery, he hasn't been, he's been pretty stiff. That's what he, you know, the words out of his mouth. So, I mean, not really shocking, but this kind of helps the David Montgomery passing work uh, role for 2021. So, all right, uh, Raiders wide receiver John Brown asked for his release and is now a free agent. So, Brian Edwards must be the real deal. And that's kind of my takeaway from it. It's, it's, It's Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. And Darren Waller, and this is going to be a. I think it could be a top sixteen offense, man. I think it could be a under the radar top twelve offense. I mean, I feel like they always are. Like somehow they always end up in like the top half of the league in offense, and you're just like, I don't see it. Where where is this happening at? Like, yeah, I mean, but it's, I not, it's not a hot take to to call them a a, a sneaky top yeah. sixteen because they always are that. They're always a sneaky top yeah. sixteen offense. Absolutely, man. That's just uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for these young players, man. Especially this year, a lot of these second year guys. Uh, I'm hoping for big things, man. Especially for fantasy, we need more. We need more superstars, man. For sure. All right, Jalen Hurts officially. Officially official. This was Facebook official, apparently. Named the Eagles starting quarterback. Was there any doubts wow. in your mind, Justin? Any doubts in your mind? Dude, I was really hoping for some Joe Flacco, man. You know, deep down in my heart. No, of course not. What, <laughs> what the, the hell is going on? Joe Feeling Flacco. hurts. Let's go, man. You say Joe <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> you know what? That's it. This is over. We're turning it off. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> All right. Giants tight end Evan Ingram and running back Saquon Barkley. Saqu- wow. Saquon Barkley reportedly uncertain for week one. I am also uncertain for week one with an illness. So, you know, let's let's kind of see. I can barely pronounce short, guys' short names. Short-term IR? Yeah, short-term IR for, for Derek. IR, but uh, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, uncertain week one. Obviously, this hurts their draft stock. This will push... I mean, I was never going to take Evan Ingram anyway, but this this seals the deal. I'm I'm just not drafting him. I feel like kind of goes pushes him to he was borderline waiver wire. Anyway, I feel like this like kind of solidifies his waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was never touching Evan Ingram. Uh, it the only reason I was gonna maybe possibly uh target Evan Ingram late in drafts is if I completely punted uh tight end and I'm taking you know two late guys. And Kenny Galladay is missing time with this hamstring. I think that he w- could possibly, you know, run into some targets. But, mm-hmm. man, uh, he just hurt himself in this last preseason game. I think it was a calf strain or something like that. Yeah. And I don't know, man. He he always seems to be hurt. I'm hoping Saquon comes back and, and to me you know, does some Sa- Saquon things. But Saquon Barkley is giving me the 2020 Alvin Kamara vibe for week one do you remember you remember last season Alvin Kamara had that issue with his back and everyone was fading him and he fell to the to the end of the first round and then he was the RB1 so I don't know if it's it's probably not the same you know but he's just giving me those vibes that like there is the reports keep saying he's uncertain for week one he's his status is up in the air 
but every training camp video you see of him, he looks explosive. He looks good. So I don't know, man. If I'm in a draft, stop messing with my emotions. No, this is a wild time in uh, the off season right now. Coaches do not have to disclose accurate, yeah. you know, medical information. So, you know, we'll see week one. We'll, we'll yeah. pay attention to those practice reports week one and see how he's doing. But it's gonna be too late by then. You're gonna have to take a shot on him. Hopefully, you can get him at the end of the first, early second. That'd be that'd be fantastic. All right, Woo. Patriots quarterback Cam Newton released by the team. Rookie first round pick Mac Jones named week one starter. I don't know about you, Justin, but I was completely shocked that they made this move and they released Cam Newton. I thought Cam was going to be the starter because that's what they said all offseason, and Bill just pulled a rabbit out of his hat and was like, hey, I'm going to do something I haven't done in the 20-something years I've been an NFL head coach. So Mac Jones gets a start, and I mean, I understand the releasing of Cam Newton, but I didn't understand, like... I didn't think that Mac Jones would start week one. So the the fact that they released him makes makes some sense. But like the whole just as a, you know, in general, I think that the the, the move was kind of shocking. Matt Nagy, take notes. This is how you do it. <laughs> hey, throw Shanahan in there, too, man. Kyle, Jesus Kyle, if you're listening, buddy. Christ. If you're listening, if you guys At are both Garoppolo listening. Garoppolo was winning games when he was the starter. Okay? Yes, I agree. At Matt, least he was winning games with the team. Yeah, Dalton looked like trash last year, and he was playing with good weapons. I know the offensive line issues, but he was still playing with good weapons. Okay? I like this move. I think Mac Jones looked really good in the preseason. I think that uh, this is the type of quarterback that Bill Belichick is comfortable with and enabling his team around. I think that he has a young kid who is willing to pretty much do stuff by the Bill Belichick book. He's he you know he's he's just fresh, he's in there. He's he's going to listen, he's going to do the stuff right. I think Cam maybe has his own you know agenda especially when it gets close to the goal line. Um so I I do understand the release. I was surprised. I did think this was going to be a situation where Cam starts the year, Mac Jones takes over, but I do like it. I'm very excited for week one because you get to see Mac Jones and Tua Tungavaloa uh, matchup week one. Yeah. I think this also increases every player on the Patriots, their fantasy value for 2021. You know, we talked about Cam Newton stealing, you know, red zone rushing work. And now Damian Harris is going to be that guy because Mac Jones, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but he's the same style quarterback he is a pocket passer he is a cement feet stand in one spot guy he's not going to be running left right and center like cam newton lamar jackson any of that stuff so it's going to be damian harris season ramondre stevenson's probably going to be a pain to fantasy managers who take damian harris because of that strong preseason he had but if i'm yeah but the way you're taking damian harris right now he's not hurting your team it's not you know what i'm saying like it's not a high value draft pick you're taking them in those middle rounds and mm-hmm. taking a shot on them anyway um i do agree with you he he does increase a little bit for me but for me um your pass catchers increase i do like i do like Janu a little bit more oh i, love I like Jaco- Smith. i like uh jacoby myers mm-hmm. a little bit more 
You could take a late shot. James late White has shot. entered the chat. Huh? James White has entered the chat. Absolutely. You could even take a shot on if you know one of your one of your last picks in the draft, you can get like a, a Nelson Aguilar and see if he becomes that deep threat like he was for Derek Carr uh last year. If he's not, then he's not gonna cost you anything to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, you know, but I do like maybe taking a shot on on one of those two guys, Jacoby Myers or uh Nelson Aguilar. I think this does get a boost for everybody. I'm I'm excited to see this. Yeah, man, wheels up. Yep. Uh all right. Ready to especially talk. though, sorry. Go ahead. Especially with the uh Nikhil Harry being placed on short term IR. I mean, I, I really, really like that fan of, of I really didn't think Nikhil I think I don't know, but I, I think he would have been traded yesterday uh this early this week if he wasn't hurt. I think well, Belichick is just me, saying nice things about him because he kind of has to. Well, to me, I think Nikhil Harry is like the T.Y. Hilton for the Colts. Like, he's just gonna, he's just there taking routes away. Like, he's on the field taking something away from all these other guys that I am now a little bit more of a fan of because I feel like Nikhil would have been on the field anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Not really excited about. I wasn't really excited about Nikhil Harry anyway. But uh, no, no, I agree. I I agree. He would have been a menace, uh, a nuisance to all of your Jacoby Myers and your Johnny Smith. I'm really excited about Johnny Smith, man. He's probably the one guy that I'm most excited about in this offense because of the Mac Jones news. So, absolutely. I'm ready, man. Top eight tight end. That's where I got him. Oh. I don't know exactly where I have him at, but. I haven't really decided yet, but he's going to be a top eight guy. Like he's going to be up there and you can get him outside the top 10. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, man. You ready for the 2021 pigskin champs champ squad? Let's do it, bro. All right. So we got, let's, let's let's go. (laughs) All right, let's go. Oh man, let's go. Oh, Time to run through a wall. Want to run through a wall? Damn right. Let's go. All right, so this are this list right here. Each of us have three players. All right. Justin, what are those three players? Talk talk to me about this segment. All right, man. So these are guys that we are we are planting our flag on. All right, we're taking that leap off off the rocket ship, planting our flag right there on the moon. I'm right there with them, man. You I'm know, right inside that dude. rocket ship, flying with them. Yes, Let's sir. go to the these moon. Are, these oh. are the guys that we're taking to the moon with us. Um, we these are guys that we're really excited about. Guys that you know we're actively targeting in all of our drafts. Um, you know, guys were willing to sacrifice a little ADP, uh, not wanting them to fall to us guys that we, we really don't want to leave the draft without, man. Exactly. You know? Um, so you got three guys. I got three guys, bro. Who are you planting your flag on first, man? I'm excited to hear this guy. My first, the first member of my champ squad for 2021 is none other than the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, Jerry Judy. All right. Love Jerry Judy. All right, so in 2020, he was a wide receiver, 46. All right, 113 targets, 52 catches, 856 yards, and three touchdowns. The dude posted a 46% catch percentage, which is absolutely terrible. Okay, now yeah. this is this is where it gets interesting. Okay, 
his career catch percentage in his final two seasons in college. Okay, so final two seasons at Alabama. He played three seasons at Alabama. The first season he had he had less than 30 targets. So I kind of just kept that one out. And he was not a big factor in the offense, right? So the final two seasons, his catch percentage was 75%. If you apply that 75% catch percentage to his 2020 receiving line, it goes like this. 113 targets, 85 receptions, 1,398 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. 254.5 PPR points in 2020. He would have been the wide receiver 10 in PPR scoring last season. The drops, I get it. Those are on the receiver. But what I will throw in there too is that he had one of the worst catchable catchable pass percentages in NFL. I mean, that's what Drew Locke is going to do for you. Teddy Bridgewater. Enter Teddy Bridgewater, starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos, was a top six. Come on down. Top six (laughs) quarterback in completion percentage in 2020 with similar weapons on offense. Had three receivers, had, you know, a good running back. Teddy Bridgewater walks into a team that has a great defense, that has weapons all over the place, and is going to be. The starter, I, there's no way I, that I see Drew Locke coming in to replace Teddy Bridgewater. I just think Teddy is, I mean, he won the job. He won the job over Drew Locke. Drew Locke played okay. He wasn't, you know, lighting the world on fire by any stretch, but a lot of people thought that he was, including you, Justin, that the man, the, the team brass wanted to give Drew Locke as many opportunities as possible, and Teddy Bridgewater just beat him out. That is great news for Jerry Judy. Great news. A top six completion percentage from his new starting quarterback. The final stat I'm going to throw at you right here. Jerry Judy in 2020 was sixth in air yards. The only players higher than him, Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, DJ Moore. All top 24 options. Jerry Judy is going to smash, absolutely smash his ADP. And I can easily see him being a top 20 wide receiver in 2021 boom jerry judy welcome to the champ squad all right man i like it gotta bring the heat i like it yeah dude that's all right justin yeah give me your first guy let's go i'm real let's keep it going give me the first give me your first guy all right man yeah dude i'm actually really excited for uh jerry judy as well this year especially with uh teddy bridgewater being announced all right man my first champ squad he he's getting a little getting a little hate getting a little hate this year man um just because i feel like his adp shot through the roof last year i feel like uh, a lot of people were were just you know targeting him way too high he was getting into the middle of the first round it's uh clyde edwards alaire man uh this dude i think is going to have a really good season He's tied to a really good dynamic offense who's going to score a lot of points, right? The defense is average. It's not the best, you know, but they hold their own, but they're still going to score points. They can drop 40 points no matter what at at any given time, right? So right now, CEH is the RB14, okay? He has a current ADP of 22, so right at the end of that second round. 
He has the number five easiest strength of schedule in all of the NFL this year. Not to mention that they revamped their offensive line in the offseason. They spent a lot of money to go and make sure that their offseason or their season woes, especially in the Super Bowl, they went and addressed it. It was the offensive line. Like Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. Man ran for 500 yards in the Super Bowl alone. Like, yeah, they got the rest of it. All right, man. But, dude. Like I said, he got at like the ADP last year. The hype was real. Everybody was expecting. I don't know. I think everybody was expecting like the new Christian McCaffrey. And they're upset that he's he wasn't that. But he he was actually a lot better than what most people think that most people think. So in 2020, he finishes the RB 22. He did miss three games. And it hurt you in the playoffs because he wasn't there. But weeks 1 through 11, the man was the RB9. And that was with an RB43 performance in week 8. The man was actually a really good running back. He just wasn't that elite running back like that Christian McCaffrey that everybody thought he was or the Alvin Kamara, the Dalvin Cook. And everybody's upset about it. And everybody's like, like, oh, my God, you know, CH sucks or he I would rather. No, he's actually really good. He's actually a running back one. And to me, I think his ADP is a little bit lower. I would take him closer to that second, the top of that second round. I would love to have him as my RB2. If I have him as my RB2, I, I'm loving my team already. Because that means I took a really big, a really nice stud in the first round. And, and, and I'm taking what to me has a ceiling of top 10, if not top five uh, running back. Okay. He's just, he had 181 attempts last year. He only rushed for 803 yards and only had four TDs. His receiving, he had four, 54 targets, the exact same amount of targets as Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook finishes the RB3. He had 36 receptions, 297 yards, and one TD. If you look back at his stats and you add four TDs to his overall finish, he goes from the RB22 to the RB14. And I think people are a lot more happier with that, and that's still missing three games, and that's not including the yardage that would have came across with that extra four TDs. The man is actually a really good running back. He's a really good player. He's a really good pass catcher. And I think that he's going to be utilized in that way. Take a step forward. If four TDs fall his way, everybody's happy. I don't think you have this big misunderstanding of, oh, CH sucks or, you know, or this not misunderstanding, but like dilemma and people are having this discussion of, you know, whatever. To me, I like CH. I think he could be easily a, a RB1 this year. Not the RB one, but a RB one, and I, he is definitely on my champ squad, especially at his ADP right now. I like it. I like Clyde. He's uh, you know, he's tied to one of the best offenses in the league, and if you can get that at the end of the second round, like all for it. Yeah, I think you were right too about the expectation was a little um, inflated 
last year. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, people did expect him because he was drafted in the top ten last season in ADP, and I just I I the production you got from him was not top ten worthy. But if he would have went a few rounds later, he would have been he would have been a huge success, and people if would be viewing him gone, differently this season. Yeah, if he would have gone in that like. Jonathan Taylor range like if he was an RB2 last year people would be happy but people were taking him at the number six overall right behind those five elite guys and were not happy because he wasn't putting those elite numbers up he's a rookie Mm -hmm. he's going to take a step forward in year two I've seen it on the field last year I know he's got the capability and he was the RB9 from the weeks one through 11 man and that was with uh, Le'Veon Bell in the lineup too. Yeah. All right, man. My next, the next addition to my champ squad. A little bit of a lone hanging fruit, but you know what? I don't care. It's my podcast. I'll do what the hell I want. <laughs> I'm taking the stallion quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, the the QB one in 2020. Number one overall player in fantasy football, over 400 points. Number one in fantasy points per game. Yes, I am calling for the repeat, okay? I'm a little biased because he's one of my he's my keeper in my most, um, my favorite fantasy league. He is my keeper for that league. And yes, it's a little bit of a bias, but the stats back it up, okay? 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns. 420 yards on the ground, another eight touchdowns. He had a 6.5 touchdown rate in 2020, which is Aaron Rodgers' touchdown rate was over 9%, which those numbers I expect to aggress. A 6.5 touchdown percent is only roughly a percent higher than Tom Brady's career average. So I don't expect that number to go down. I think that Josh Allen is a guy that's going to perennially throw for 35-plus passing touchdowns per season, especially, especially with... This fact I'm about to throw at you right now, okay? In 2020, sorry, not in 2020, Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, who did not receive a head coaching job, returns for 2021. He's shown zero desire to establish a running game, all right? Exhibit A, divisional round in 2020 versus the Baltimore Ravens. The first 26 plays of that divisional round game, 25 of them were pass plays. There was only 26 plays in the first half for the Bills on offense, and 25 were passing plays. The Bills' third preseason game, this is Exhibit B, Bills' third preseason game in 2021, 22 out of the first 24 first-half plays were passing plays. The first carry in that game was Zach Moss getting stuffed for no gain. They immediately threw the ball right after that. Jake Fromm was the leading rusher in that game. Devin Singletary didn't receive a Singletary rush attempt. Zach Moss had 10 yards on four carries. In the preseason, you would think that the Bills would be like, hey, let's establish the running game in case we need to use it in the playoffs. Hey, let's get Zach Moss and Devin Singletary going on the ground in case we need to use it to ice some games. No. No. The Bills decided to throw the ball all over the place in the first half, running screens left, right, and center. They got Matt Breida involved. He got three touches in the first half. That's more than Devin Singletary. He only had two touches. And I I just don't see the Bills 
having any desire to run the football this season. And that is that bodes really well for Josh Allen's fantasy value because, number one, he's going to be a guy that's going to throw the ball 30 to 38 times a game. You can easily project that. If he stays as efficient as he was last season and he continues with the the solid touchdown percent and the high completion percent, he was top six in completion percent, yards, um, attempts, all that stuff. If he continues that, which they have shown zero indication that they want to change. They had an opportunity to draft the running back in the first round. They did not. Okay, They had an opportunity to bring in guys in free agency. They did not. The, the only guy they brought in was Matt Breida. But Matt Breida is not exactly like known to be a good running back. So with all the weapons they have, and I just, I just don't see them running the ball very much at all except for maybe a Josh Allen scramble here or there. He provided eight touchdowns on the ground last season. I fully expect him to be the mo- I fully expect him to be a top, I would say top two quarterback in fantasy football in 2021. Maybe some guy blows the doors off, but Josh Allen will be right there because of the desire to not run the ball. They just want to throw it all day long to all their receivers, and it helps that they have Stefan Diggs, who led the NFL in targets, receptions, yards, and all that stuff. Josh Allen, welcome to the team, buddy. Let's go. Wheels up. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah, dude, I like Josh Allen this year, man. He, he definitely took a nice step forward uh, last year, and I think he's I think he's the real deal, man. And, yeah, uh, I mean, they, they increased. I just took him in a super flex leave. Yeah. They increased their pass attempts by over 120 from his from 2019 to 2020. So, yeah, they were just like, you know what? Screw running the ball. Let's just throw it. Let's just throw it all over the yard. And Josh Allen is a an elite quarterback at throwing the football. So, give me all the Josh Allen. And I'm so happy I get to keep him in the 13th round. Heck yeah, man. All right, dude. My second guy that I'm bringing in to my champ squad. I'm really excited about him this year. He's got a new weapon on his offense. It's one of the most efficient offenses out there. It's Ryan Tannehill, man. Ryan Tannehill, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. This man, I think this man is a very, very underrated quarterback. And this this is why, man. He's currently the QB 10 in ECR. His ADP right in the middle rounds, like right now, is currently at like 82. His strength of schedule kind of scares me a little bit. It's 26th overall. But, I mean, when you have a guy like Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones to worry about, I think that your strength of schedule kind of it doesn't match up because defenses need to account for all three of those guys. And that all three of those guys are a problem. All right. It's not like you can, there's no, Oh, I'm going to double team this. And no, no, there's none of that. All right. So back in 2019, when Ryan Tannehill took over for the Tennessee Titans in week six, the man had – all right, so he took over half the game. The very first week he starts, which is week seven, he has his very first start. 
He was the QB 13. After that, between weeks 9 and 16, the man posted five top six performances at the QB position in fantasy football. He then went on to finish as the number three quarterback overall, weeks 7 to 16. So the time that he took over in 2019, he was actually the number three quarterback in all of fantasy football, completing 70% of his passes. And, oh, people want to say, okay, whatever. They can say everything they want. He did all of that, being the number three quarterback, while Derrick Henry was still the number three running back in all of fantasy football between week seven to 16. The man was still producing and producing very high numbers while his elite star running back still posting elite numbers and being the number three fantasy quarter or running back in all of fantasy football. All right. Now in 2020 last year, he was a full season starter. He finishes the QB seven on the season, completing 65.5% of his passes. So if you thought your 70% was high, he just went and did a whole season, completing 65.5% of his passes. Uh, had six top 10 performances, three that were in the top five. Derrick Henry was still the number three running back in 2020. Number two in half PPR, number three in full PPR. Tannehill and Henry both had five top 10 performances on the exact same week in 2020. So five different times, they both posted top 10 performances. He can do it with an elite running back in Derrick Henry. He he has proven it. Ever since he got out of Miami, he has proven that this man can run this offense and run it very, very well. And now you're going to tell me that you have a young A.J. Brown, a a third-year wide receiver in A.J. Brown who just posted 1,000 yards last uh, year in 14 games, and then now you're going to add Julio Jones and you're not and you're going to tell me that you're not going to pass the ball more that you're not going to be more efficient, you're not going to have a more dynamic offense. I think you like Julio Jones is going to be a, he is a lot better than Corey Davis. Like this offense is going to be to me really really good and again their defense is not that great. They they brought in some people but it's not that great of a defense to where they're just going to control the ball. I think they're going to run the same style, if not more passing this year. And it just, it just makes sense. You don't bring in a guy in Julio Jones just to not pass the ball more. You know, I think Ryan Tannehill to me has a very, very high ceiling. I think that QB 10 is bottom for him. I think that's like the worst he can finish to me. Uh, I, I just, I think the ceiling's high with them. I want him on my, on my teams, especially if he's a middle round guy, that means I can surround, I can develop my team and draft my team the way I want and still take me a middle round guy in Ryan Tannehill. And I, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited about this guy. How could you not be? The, the weapons are, are great. They got better than the season before. He's a, in a really efficient offense. The question for me is going to be, is the offensive coordinator you know, is he is he an efficient play caller just like Arthur Smith was last season? 
we'll have time will tell. We'll have to see it. But I mean, all your points about um, Ryan Tannehill are valid, man. He's a great quarterback, and I'd be excited to have him too. He's he provides that sneaky, you know, rushing floor and you know, super efficient passer. So that's that's what you want in fantasy football. You want that rushing upside too. Yeah, man. And he had seven TDs on the ground last year. So hey, that's only one behind Josh Allen, who was a QB one on the season. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. I love it. All right, man. Who is your last and final champ squad member for 2021? All right. So this guy, the ver- let's let's go all the way back to our roots, okay? Our first episode as a podcast. Draft reactions. We were talking about favorite landing spot and my pick for favorite landing spot was running back Trey Sermon for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, after the preseason, after OTAs, after training camp, he is the third member of my champ squad for 2021. I am all in on Trey Sermon for 2021, okay? So, first thing, the only ball carrier who started more than eight games in 2020 was fullback Kyle Juszczyk, who started 15 games, okay? Snap counts by returning ball carriers. Jeff Wilson, 28%. Raheem Mostert, 22%. Does not scream stability in the backfield, okay? So both guys are missing time. And as you've seen in the last week or two, obviously Jeff Wilson a little bit earlier in the offseason, Jeff Wilson's going to be out till November. And Raheem Mostert is dealing with a back injury at the moment. Now, Trey Sermon did have an injury a couple weeks ago. But he is back from it now. He is ready to go. I am all in on him. And I'm just going to, I mean, there's really nothing to talk about as far as NFL production because obviously he's a rookie. So in college, he received 15 or more carries 20 times. And in those games, he averaged over 110 yards per game. He's a six foot, 215 pound back. He's only 22 years old. His 40 time was nothing special, 4.66. 81st percentile burst score per player profiler. And, you know, just adding in a little dynasty, little dynasty note, he is slated to be the only noteworthy running back on the roster in 2022. Mostert, Wilson are all gone. They're all uh, uh, UFAs after 2021, and they just released Wayne Gullman the other day. Okay. Jamichael Hasey's there, but Trey Sermon is a guy that they moved up in the draft to get. And, there's no way, absolutely no way that Raheem Moser plays the entire season. Now, I'm not going to bet all my money on injury because you never want to see a player get hurt. But Raheem Moser has yet to play 16 games in a full season. Like, when is he, you know, he's, and he's about to turn 30. He's, he's up there in age, man. Trey Sermon is the future of this rushing attack. I don't think straight out of the gate it's going to be all Sermon, but the volume on offense is enough for me to say he is going to be a great pick in fantasy draft. Sixth, seventh, eighth round. If you can get him in that range, smash the draft button. Okay. The let's throw, let's talk about the red zone rushing attempts. Okay, for the two running backs that were that are currently on the roster. Okay, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert. Okay, in twenty twenty, Jeff Wilson Jr. had he had fourteen attempts inside the ten yard line. Six touchdowns. Okay. Eight attempts inside the five yard line and four touchdowns. You go over to Raheem Mostert. 
seven attempts inside the, the inside the 10-yard line, only one touchdown. And then six attempts inside the five with zero touchdowns. Raheem Mostert is not a goal line back. He has never been, and he probably never will be. Jeff Wilson was that guy for them last year. Even if Sermon is splitting time with Raheem Mostert, I fully expect him to get the red zone work, the goal line work. I think that's going to be all Trey Sermon down there. Trey Sermon is going to be the early down back. He's going to be the guy that gets all the red zone work, all the goal line work. He's going to be the short yardage guy. He may not be the pass catcher in this offense, but I mean, let's not pretend that Raheem Mostert is getting an elite, you know, receiving share either. So with the work that's available to Sermon, I think that he dominates. This offense is crazy good. And the cherry on top of the cake is the 49ers have a top five early season strength to schedule, a top five playoff strength to schedule, and a top five overall strength to schedule for running backs. That screams like draft 49er running backs. And I'm taking Trey Sermon over Raheem Moser because I think he's going to be more available during the season. And he'll be the goal line back, which will translate into more fantasy points because touchdowns, they're worth a lot in fantasy, you know? So I want the guy who's going to score all the touchdowns. I want the guy who's going to be the early down back. I want the guy who's on the field in red zone situations. Give me Trey Sermon all day, every day, and 14 times on Sunday. Let's go. All right, man. I like it. Uh, do you have any concern, though, of... Trey Lance possibly taking any work away from the running backs? Absolutely not. I I view Trey Lance as a huge positive for this rushing attack. Huge positive because, I mean, I'll just go back. Exhibit A, preseason game last week, Trey Lance comes in and they run this play. Now, I don't expect anybody to really know what the heck I'm talking about, but they come in and they run QB bash, okay, which in a nutshell, is it's basically an option play where the quarterback can either hand the ball off on an outside run or the quarterback can pull it and runs this sort of like quarterback counter run play to the other side. Man, that, that was a nasty run. It was at least 12 to 14 yard run for the running back. Sermon is going to be on a on the, the, the good side of a lot of those rushes. And the fact that Trey Lance is there and will be in the, I feel like Trey Lance is going to be in the game or starting for this team sooner rather than later, which is going to take this rushing offense through the roof, like rocket ship to the moon. And I know that's an overused thing nowadays, but it's rocket ship to the moon. Wheels up. Let's go. Hey, we are planting our flag, bro. You know, I like it. I do like Trey Sermon. Uh, I was just kind of throwing that in there just to just to ask. I do like the the pick. I am a Trey Sermon guy as well. So I like it, man. All right, dude. My last and final guy that we are I called him, so I'm going to pack up his stuff. We head into the moon, bro. Um, I think that Robert Woods is going to have a really, really good year. And I think that he is one of the ones that's like constantly underrated in fantasy football. I feel like he's always that, you know, he's always that good wide receiver but nobody kind of is like i want robert woods he's kind of like that safe guy that i feel like everybody um that, that that i feel like that's how he's viewed let me give you a little bit about why i think robert woods is gonna have a really good year so right now he's currently got an ecr wide receiver 16 he's going in that fourth round so he's not getting a whole lot of disrespect he's getting you know i feel like this is an appropriate draft position he has the sixth most easiest schedule for wide receivers. Now let's look back in the past three years. 
All right. Back in 2018, he played all 16 games, was a wide receiver 10. At 130 targets, 86 receptions, 1,219 yards with six TDs. He had 19 attempts on the ground, 157 yards at one TD. All right, now we go to 2019. 2019, you have wide receiver 17 finish. Meanwhile, Cooper Cup had a wide receiver four finish. He played 15 games, had 139 targets, 90 receptions, 1,134 yards, and only two TDs. That's probably why you saw the difference between the 10 and that 17. You were missing four TDs. He had a very similar, uh, very similar stat line. Just the TDs weren't there that year. Go to 2020. Last year had a wide receiver 13 finish. Played all 16 games. Had 129 targets, 90 receptions, only 936 yards. But he had his six TDs again. He had 24 attempts to the ground, 155 yards, and two TDs. So the last three years, you can see how consistent this Sean McVay offense utilizes Robert Woods. He consistently gets 130 or more targets. The man is a focal point of this dynamic offense. And now you're going to bring into account that you lost your second year up and coming star running back cam Akers. so you have a guy in daryl henderson who they had drafted but didn't think that he was good enough so they took cam Akers last year and now they're going to utilize him and need him to be the starting running back to me that screams that they're going to rely on the passing game a little bit more they went on and traded for matthew stafford now let's look between the difference between matthew stafford and jared goff 2018, Jared Goff had a QB7 finish, 32 TDs. 2019, QB13, 22 TDs. Last year, QB18, 22 TDs. Now, Matthew Stafford finishes the QB20, QB29, but he only, at QB20 in 2018, 21 passing TDs, 3,700 yards, almost 3,800. Okay. They ranked. Uh, 11th in passing for the Detroit Lions. Uh, 2019, QB 29, he had 19 TDs. But remember, he only played nine games in that season. That's where he got hurt halfway through the season, and they had to take over. Weeks one through nine, Matthew Stafford was the QB 6 overall. Weeks one through nine, he was the number six QB in all of fantasy football. Now, bring it to 2020. For the Detroit Lions, the ones that just had a very high draft pick this past year, he was a QB 15, 26 TDs, over 4,000 yards. And he really didn't have a whole lot of uh, playmakers out there because Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. were hurt this year. So the, this man threw for 4,000 yards for and, and didn't really have anybody. Now you're going to implement... Matthew Stafford, who they just traded a whole lot of stuff for. He's an upgrading QB, and now you're about to go play this guy with Robert Woods, who has consistently gotten 130 targets. I definitely can see how Robert Woods can get 100 receptions this year, maybe increase his TDs, 
And I think that they're going to have they're gonna have to do that because they don't have that running back that or even the running back depth. I know they went and got Sony Michelle, but I mean he hasn't looked amazing either. You know, I think they got a couple guys that that are gonna do the job well in the offense that they have, but in 2019 or in 2018, Sean McVay was 14th in passing, fifth in yards, pass yards. 2019, he was third in attempts, fourth in yards. You know, 2020, he was 12th in attempts, 13th in yards. So he is the above average uh, pass attempts and passing yards guy, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. I think that this offense is going to explode this year. I think you're going to have a lot of fantasy options. I think Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are both really good guys, but I think Robert Woods is the guy who's going to benefit the most. I think I'm going to attack. I'm attacking him at his ADP currently almost every mock draft I do. Uh, I try to get him uh, in the in the fourth round in a couple of my drafts as well. To me – just all the line, all the things have fallen into place and the stats back up, especially the consistency over the last three years of he's going to, he's going to succeed. He's going to be a top 10 guy and he's reliable. He's been there last three years, 16 games, 15 games, 16 games played. Like he's there. He's, he's a reliable weapon. And I think that he can definitely surpass his wide receiver 16 current ECR ranking. I dig it, man. Love me some Robert Woods. The pass catchers in that offense are going to be great this year. I love the addition of Matthew Stafford. Let's go, man. I love it. I love it. Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees, man. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Go ahead and follow the show on all of our social media accounts, at Pigskin Champs on Twitter, at Pigskin Champs Pod on Facebook. You can follow both of us, Justin at Pigskin underscore Jay Gonzo, myself at Pigskin underscore DRock. It's a D-Rock. It's not Drock. Somebody on, I forget, I think it was a, uh, somebody asked me if it was Drock. And I was like, no, it's not Drock. It's D-Rock. It's D-Rock. All right. Uh, get that disrespect out of here, okay? All right. Um, the season's next week, man. Whether we're ready or not, let's, 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 let's jump into it. Got drafts this weekend. Everybody, good luck in your drafts. And uh, Justin, take it away, man. Yeah, guys. I appreciate y'all staying tuned. Thank you very much. We hope you all have a great one. And like my buddy said, have a great draft. I hope you all get everybody that you want. I hope you guys plant your flags on some guys. We'd love to hear about them. Y'all be safe. Take it easy. We'll see y'all next time. See ya.